Habakkuk chapter number three, and um, basically, this is a conversation, if you remember, this conversation between Habakkuk and God, just like the book of, of Job was, and um, so we're coming down to the end of it. Number three, the hope of redemption, the hope of of redemption. What is it that kept Habakkuk going? What is it that kept Habakkuk in the midst of judgment? What is it that kept him going? It's what we just said, the hope of redemption. There was always something that he had um, that was coming. Look at verse number 18. And it starts with the word yet. Meaning, in spite of all of the bad news, which what was the bad news? Remember the bad news was, you know, God's people were rebelling, and so God was going to use the enemy to come in and and judge them. And Habakkuk was like, what is that? That God was going to use evil. Yes, God would use even evil. Now, we're not, we can't go back and talk about that. If you missed it, hopefully it's, it's recorded somewhere and you can go back and hit those other lessons, but... But God would even use that for his own purposes and for his own good and for his glory. And so Habakkuk, we've read three chapters, and here we come down to the last two verses, and he says at the beginning of verse 18, yet. So in spite of everything that we just read, Habakkuk says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. The hope of redemption. As a born-again Christian, we will never go through a difficulty without hope. Don't miss that. As a child of God, All of our difficulties do not disappear the minute we get saved. We've said that over and over again. But the difference in going through a difficulty as a Christian and going through the difficulty as an unbeliever is that we go through the difficulty as a Christian with hope. With hope. It isn't the end of the world to go through a difficulty as a Christian because God is in control. God is our loving Heavenly Father. Going through the difficulty without knowing the Lord. Well, that's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? I, I, don't, really know, I don't really know what that's really like. I've, I've talked to people, but I can't really uh, feel exactly in everything that they're feeling, maybe. But I know that with the Lord, there is hope. There is hope. Letter A. Letter A. Forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. So let's mark Habakkuk chapter 3. And let's go over to Colossians chapter 1. So number three, the hope of redemption. Letter A, the forgiveness of sins. As Christians, the great hope that you and I have tonight lies in the redemption for sin that we have received through Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. 
Now, we talked about this this morning, so it really ties in well tonight. The greatest tragedy became the greatest triumph. What did we talk about this morning? Remember? The cross. That was a tragedy, at least on a human standpoint. That was a tragedy for John. John, the apostle, at the foot of the cross. Mary, the mother of Jesus, at the foot of, a, at the, foot of the cross. I mean, that was a tragedy. Woman, behold thy son. John, behold thy mother. I mean, that was, that was a difficult time, humanly speaking, to go through. And yet, it was a time of triumph as well. A triumph for all unbelievers. To be able to have redemption. To be able to have forgiveness of sin. The triumph came not at the cross. The triumph came three days later. The tragedy was the cross, but, it, but, but to have the triumph, there had to be a tragedy. You couldn't just go ahead to the triumph. There had to be that payment for sin, that, that uh, battle that took place, if you will. When Jesus himself even said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. What was he saying? He was saying the cup of the wrath of God. You see, Jesus knew the wrath of God was coming. And then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Wow. Tragedy became triumph. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Think of that. Jesus Christ became a curse for you and for me. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So there's the hope of redemption. What is the hope of redemption? Letter A, the forgiveness of sins. But also, as we consider that as well, there is coming a day, there is coming a day when the curse of sin will be rolled back. Letter B is the renewal of the earth. The renewal of the earth. Look what God shows Habakkuk Let's go back to Habakkuk in the second chapter now. Habakkuk chapter 2. And God gives Habakkuk a picture of the beautiful future that eventually awaited him. And by the way, this same future awaits all believers. Look at Habakkuk, look at Habakkuk please. That's a mouthful. Chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Therefore the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Think about that. As the waters cover the sea, verse 17, for the violence of Lebanon shall cover thee and the spoil of beasts which made them afraid because of men's blood and for the violence of the land of the city of all that dwell therein. The answer that God gives to Habakkuk and to his questions is referring back to a prophecy from Isaiah. Let's turn over to Isaiah chapter number 11. Isaiah chapter number 11. A renewal of the earth. Here we find in Isaiah chapter 11 a description 
of the millennium. The 1,000-year reign of Christ on the earth. Notice what it says in Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 6. The wolf, shall all, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. We don't see that right now, do we? No. It's because we're not in this renewal time yet. And the cow and the little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What Habakkuk was seeing before him, right then in that moment, I'm talking about currently, it was not the end of the story. So as a Christian, we look at the current events today, what we must keep in the forefront of our mind is this, this is not the end of the story. What do you mean, Pastor Turner? Here's what I mean. One day, all evil will end. It will end. We know that that is prophesied. We know that that is promised. Read the book of the Revelation. And, 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 uh, and uh, again, there's all kinds of, uh, there's all kinds of um, opinions and things about how all of it's going to play out and when it's going to happen and all of that. I just know this. I know Jesus is coming again. And I know one day all evil will end. That's what we must keep in the forefront of our mind. That's what Habakkuk was being told here. Habakkuk, that's why Habakkuk said, yet. So even though everything is a mess, Habakkuk says in chapter 3, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. In other words, I'm not going to let the current events of the day here, in my day, I'm not going to let it ruin my journey in life because I know this, Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And I know that God is in control and God is sovereign. These are things that we've talked about already. Suffering and pain will end. Now, how's this going to happen, all right? Go to Revelation 21. Revelation 21. Revelation 21. Verse number one, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Verse four, and God shall wipe away all, what? Tears from their eyes. There shall be no more, what? Death. Tears are wiped away. No more death. No more crying, no more sorrow, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, 
For these things are faithful and true. This day that John is seeing on the Isle of Patmos is the Holy Spirit of God is giving him a vision, if you will, of what is to come. He is seeing that the curse of sin will finally be reversed. God restores the earth. God restores mankind to the original perfection that he created. Destruction, pain, suffering are done away with. For the believer, they are not the end of the story. Now, we've known some believers. You've, you've seen people in the Bible. We've studied them. You've studied them. You've read about them. We have people that we know even now in current events, obviously in church history, that were martyred for their faith. They were burned at the stake because they wouldn't give in. And, and in many cases, they wouldn't give in to the state church. Talk about evil. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs. There's coming a day when all wrongs will be made right, is what I'm saying. That's what God is saying here, not just what I'm saying. A new heaven and a new earth. The former things are passed away. This is something that Habakkuk is seeing now. He's, he's gone through point one and point two, if you will, and now he's saying, yet, there's something, there's something coming. And let's go back to Habakkuk chapter 3. Remember how we began the series? We began these, this three mini-series with the questions of Habakkuk. And the questions of Habakkuk were, how long? How long will I cry? How long will this go on? But at the end of the book, it's come full circle to how long will I cry? How long will this continue on? And now we come to the end of the book of Habakkuk, and it's not how long anymore. It's now, but I will rejoice. Verse, verse 18. Yet I will rejoice. Now, has he seen it all at this point? No, he hasn't. Have you and I seen it all yet? No, we haven't. There will come a day when faith will become sight. But until then, my faith is not in me. It's not in, it's not in the government. It's not in you, my faith. And you would say that about me, ultimately. Yes, we love and pray for one another, and we follow, uh, we follow the pastor as he follows the Lord. But I'm just saying, our faith ultimately is in the Word of God and the God of the Word. And he's dependable. You might not be and I might not be, but God is always dependable. Religions are not dependable, but God is dependable. So Habakkuk has not even seen what God is saying is coming, and yet he finally gets to a place in his journey. He says, okay, I will rejoice. Not in this situation, but I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. He hasn't seen God's judgment. He hasn't seen God's purposes, but he says, I will rejoice. You know, I think I, I heard this, and I've maybe said it, to rejoice is a decision. To rejoice is a decision. What decision are you going to make, am I going to make this week? Are we going to choose to rejoice, or are we going to choose to worry? 
It's your choice. Am I going to choose to rejoice or am I going to choose to complain? Am I going to choose to rejoice or am I going to choose to fill in the blank? Habakkuk says, yet I will rejoice. I'm making that choice. In spite of everything, I will rejoice. He began the book of Habakkuk by accusing God of standing by and not doing anything. God, why aren't you doing anything? And now at the end of the book, he's claiming God is his salvation. What changed from the beginning of Habakkuk to the end of Habakkuk? Here's what changed Habakkuk's perspective. His perspective. Instead of looking at the surroundings, he looked at his loving Heavenly Father who gives us richly all things to enjoy, who takes care of us. Instead of looking at the evil world in which we live, and that's the whole theme of this lesson, let's look at our Heavenly Father. The lesson ends with five responses to evil. I'm going to give you these, and hopefully in, in, we can get all five of them in, and uh, that'll conclude this lesson. Five responses from the book of Habakkuk in an evil world. And folks, we live in an evil world. Okay? It's an evil world. It always has been. Right from the fall, boom, until now. Nothing new under the sun. But let's not, let's not have a fatalistic approach. Let's have a Habakkuk approach at the end of his time and say, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Here's five things. Number one, live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse number 4. The just shall live by faith. I must trust God. I must walk by faith. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. My response in this world in which we live is trust God, trust his word, trust his plan. Even if I don't see it all, trust God. Live by faith. This is essentially what Job did in the middle of his journey. Turn over to Job 13, 15, please. Job 13. Maybe you know this verse from memory. Job 13 starts out with, Though he slay me, and he uses the same conjunction as Habakkuk, by the way. Isn't that something? Yet. Yet. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Yet, Habakkuk says, yet I will rejoice. Job says, yet I will trust. Faith in God. We acknowledge that our understanding of God is limited. Amen? <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's more limited than others. What is God doing right now? What do we do? Yet, I will trust God. Number one, have faith in God. Number two, what do we do in the midst of an evil world? Number one, have faith in God. Number two, pray for revival. Pray for revival. Look, look back at Habakkuk chapter two and verse number two. 
Yes, God is all power. Chapter 3, excuse me, chapter 3. Yes, God is all powerful. And yes, God is sovereign in all of this. But his people, his people, Habakkuk realized that his people uh, must turn back to him. And that was the prayer that he made. Look at chapter 3, please. Verse number 2. Oh, Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. Speech of judgment. He says, oh, Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. In this short book of Habakkuk, we see God answer Habakkuk's prayer. Why? Where do we see it at? We don't see it in the heart of the people yet. We don't see it in the heart of the, of the followers that he was prophesying or preaching to. You know where we see it? In the heart of Habakkuk. He was praying for revival, and it took his heart getting revived first. At the end of the book, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The, heart, the prayer of revival isn't just for the land of Canada. The prayer for revival starts in your heart and mine. Oh Lord, revive my heart in the midst of the years. In the midst of 2022, revive my heart. In the midst of a, uh, an evil and sin-cursed world, revive my heart. Pray for revival, number two. Number three. Number one, live by faith. What do we do in an evil world? Keep living by faith. Living by faith in Jesus above. Trusting, confiding in his great love. Living by faith. Number two, pray for revival. Pray for revival. Number three, rejoice in salvation. These are five things I think that this week I'm sure we're going to need to pull out because there's going to be something come across our, our journey this week, and we're going to have to just say, okay, time to reset. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five. Rejoice in salvation. We just read that just a moment ago. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 18 is the verse for that one. Circumstances never rob us of joy. Habakkuk learned that he could always find joy in the God of his salvation. I want to ask you, don't answer it out loud, but I want you to think about it. Have you learned that? Have I learned that, that we can always find joy in the God of our salvation? What if it, get, what if it gets worse? We can find joy in the God of our salvation. Always. Live by faith. Pray for revival. Rejoice in salvation. Now, if you don't have salvation, you can't rejoice in it. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can't rejoice in it, what you don't have. That's where it starts. Recognizing your sinful condition, recognizing that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross, was buried, rose again three days later, recognizing He is the way, the truth, and the life. You don't get to heaven by repeating a prayer. A parrot can do that. You get to heaven by turning your life to the Lord Jesus Christ turning from unbelief to belief. It's not my way, it's God's way. I trust in Him and Him alone. Number five, number four, what do we do in the midst of an evil and sinful world? Evil and sinful world. Live by faith, pray for revival, rejoice in salvation. Number four, rely on God's strength. Rely on God's strength. 
Look at verse 19. Chapter 3. The Lord God is my what? Strength. Maybe right now in the midst of a difficulty, as a Christian, you can rely on God's strength. He will never fail you. Remember, this is, we're talking about God who spoke the world into existence in six days. I think he can help you in your situation tonight. God's strength will always be sufficient. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, please. We have a promise from the Lord Jesus Christ himself that talks about his strength being perfect. Think about that. His strength being perfect. When do we see the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ the most perfect? Notice what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength, the strength of the Lord, is made perfect when in weakness. So the weaker we are, the stronger he is. Now, the stronger I am doesn't make him any weaker. Don't think that. But the stronger I think I am, the less I think I need him. But the weaker I think I am, the more I know I need him. This is what Paul said. He said, the Lord's strength is, is the best. It's perfect in the midst of a weak time. So we rely on God's strength. Sickness, family difficulty. You name it, as a Christian, you have something. You have a promise right here. Claim it. God, I'm claiming your promise. You said right here that when I'm weak, you're the strongest. That's when it's most, and I'm, I'm very weak. I need you. Now, again, that's the prayer that's heard of, of, of our Heavenly Father when we're saved. Number five, what do we do? What do we do in the midst of an evil world? Number five, we continue with confidence. Continue with confidence. Notice verse number 19 one more time. We have a beautiful picture of confidence in Christ. Verse 19, the Lord is my strength. Notice, he will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. What's the picture here? The picture here is of a sure-footed deer. A few years ago, maybe you've been over there, we were able to go to Banff. We drove over there literally in one day, all the way over there, spent a day and a half, and then drove all the way back. That was the craziest thing. Should have done a little better planning. Too much to see over there, but not enough time to do it. And I remember it wasn't deer, but I think it was... Um, Mountain goats or sheep or whatever. And they were up on this rocky, you know what I'm talking about. And I mean, you know, it didn't, there wasn't a whole lot to stand on. But, you know, they're just walking around doing their thing. 
confidently walking around. Why? Because God gave them special feet. Not like yours and not like mine. And they could walk around and they could stay sure-footed. And for us, it would be like, this is not going to work. This is not going to end well. You know, I hope, I hope it's a soft landing. Habakkuk says, this is what God is doing for me. I can walk in these difficulty times. I can walk in these times with confidence, and I don't even have to look down. It's the same confidence that we have when we trust and rely completely in the Lord. Confidence. Tonight, you have a Bible in your hand. The Word of God. This is not a book that, although it's eternal, it is also present for you and for me tonight. This book is filled with the promises of God. Habakkuk did not have a Bible like you have tonight. Now, he had God speaking to him, but even though, even with that, we learn in the New Testament that this is a more sure word of prophecy. We have God's word right here in our hands. And what, is it, what does it say? It says that our Savior has secured all final victory. Now, I'll tell you what. I'll be very honest with you. Hopefully, I'm honest with you all the time. I don't see it all yet. But I see it through the pages of the Word of God. Can we see it all? And what I mean by that is we don't see when it's going to happen, but we see that it will happen because it's right here in the book. Habakkuk dialogued back and forth with God for three, almost three chapters, and then he came to the end of it and he said, yet. Yet. You know, the sooner we come, the sooner we come to our yet moment, the better. But what about this and this and this and this? Okay, yes, there's a lot of this and this and this and this. Everybody could say that about their life. Yet Habakkuk said, yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Why? Because God is my strength. If you're not saved, that's where it has to begin. It has to begin with knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ, God's Son, is your Savior. You put your faith and trust in Him and then move on from there, growing in grace walking in the things of God, walking like that deer on the side of the mountain because my strength is not in me. My strength is in the God of this book and this book right here. Yes, we live in an evil world, but we can confidently trust in the God of this book every day of our lives. Yes, evil things happen, and we, we studied that out already. It wasn't, it wasn't created by God. God gave everyone a free will, including his angels. And out of, that, out of that free will came a rejection of God. And we have evil today. But one day God will restore it all. One day the trumpet will sound. The dead, will, the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Yet, we're still in this evil world. So we have a choice to make. Rejoice in the God of our salvation. 
or continue to allow the evil world to pull us down. No, it doesn't have to be that way. Hey, we all go through seasons, don't we? We all, we all go through seasons. You can't walk in this dirty world for any length of time and not get a little dirt on you and think, man, this, is, this world is a mess. But we can't focus on the world. We've got to focus on him. Yet I will rejoice in the God of my salvation.